and now we're officially recording the audio portion, so all the bullshit's over. Oh, it's not <laughs> there'll over. Be, there'll be no more bullshit <laughs> for the next hour. You better believe it. This is a no bullshit zone for the next hour. JK, it's all bullshit all the time. scary girl hey everybody hi everyone i'm stephanie and i'm sarah and this is dead time stories thanks for checking it out if this is your first time listening to the show every week sarah and i get together and we talk about ghosts true crime we talk about mysteries hoaxes conspiracies sometimes aliens Sometimes aliens, just all sorts of weird, spooky shit, whatever we want to talk about because it's our show. And not yours. Ear. Ear. And today, today right now, this moment in real life, we're recording live on Facebook. We are. But you're listening to this, you know, later on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts as well. I'm sure you are. (laughs) Wait, what? You, the listener. Like, I'm sure you're listening. That's cute that we think people still listen to us, other than Zach and Colleen. I know who are here right now. <laughs> They're the only people that matter. And Mary Angela and in our uh, life. You remember when your brother and sister used to fight over being our OG fans? Right, they still ago. listen, I guess. <laughs> but I don't, they don't really. Every now and then I'll go to tell one of them something and they're like, I know, I heard it on your podcast. I'm like, oh! oh I didn't realize okay. you still listened. Something about my life where I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, we bought an eighth of a cow. And, like, I heard on your show. I heard on the like, show. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad you listened. Good to know. Well, and for anyone who's checking us out for the first time, this episode is very special because, as of this episode, we've officially been doing this bullshit for two years. Two years. Two, two years to match years. our two-star content. I know. One star for every year we've been in business. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's like um, the way awful white people tip and they put down five stars and they took a star away every time they weren't happy with the service. Ugh, and so now we're down to two shit. stars. Oh my God. I mean, oh. Oh. It disgusts me to know that there are people that do that. They made oh, a joke like that. that on the recent episode of Hello from the Magic Tavern on their little like sub spin off of it. Oh, I died. Ooh. I'm, I'm a little bit behind. I haven't listened to it in probably, like, two months. Oh, you should listen to this last week's, not this week's episode, but the week before, because they're interviewing Crone Bakeress, which is just a lady who makes nothing but baked goods and wakes and bakes. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Stephanie and Val. Because <laughs> she's talking about how everyone in quarantine is just making bread, but no one's making baked goods, so everyone's still buying baked goods. There you go. She's that's the truth. It's so. not wrong. That's that's the light and the truth. <laughs> the way, the truth, and the light. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm going first this week. Yes, you are. Yeah, I'm like so we don't exciting. have as much bullshit banter because we're not doing anything. Well, and because we did bullshit banter for twenty minutes before we ever started yeah, recording. <laughs> that was a special content for uh, Colleen and Zach. Welcome to this um, bullshit banter. That's the name of this baby. All right, Sarah. 
All right, Stephanie. All right, Leslie. Leslie. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Are you talking about a ghost? I'm not talking about a ghost. You can't say it like that because then you get my hopes up. Well, I feel like this story haunted someone. Oh, God. Is it about to haunt some of our listeners? I feel like when I've, maybe, when I first started listening to some paranormal podcasts, they would do stories where they would be like, and just to warn you, people say that even after just listening to this story, they were possessed and they had all these things happen. And I'm like, we haven't done any stories like that. And I'm like, I don't, all right, I don't believe it. If we could have uh, Aaron come on during the first Guest-toberfest. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. But it didn't happen, so I think we're immune. I think we're fine, yeah. We're going to do all right. I think we're going to be okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, not the spooky, but just fascinating to me, interesting story about the Mona Lisa. Um, did you know that the Mona Lisa was not really, like, a famous piece of art until it was stolen in the early 1900s? No. So, uh, the painting had been around for a long time, right? Like, already a few hundred years at that point. And it was in the Louvre, and on August 21st of 1911, someone stole the painting. And that's when the Mona Lisa actually gained notoriety, is when it went missing from the Louvre. Because people were like, what? Who stole it? Heist! It must be important if it got stolen. Correct. So the value in the Mona Lisa that it has now, it has that value because of the time that it went missing. So did Da Vinci steal his own painting to try to make it Oh, no, he's... No, I'm just kidding. I know he did. fucking dead as hell by then, right? He did, he did. I know, I know. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, just kidding. He did. Dead, just kidding, just kidding. So it was a French painter, Louis Bourode, who had come to the Louvre the following day that noticed that the painting was missing. And he needed to sketch the Mona Lisa. And he, like, he asked the guards to describe it for him. So he was doing like a caricature drawing. <laughs> Of the Mona Lisa. It's like if the Mona Lisa robbed someone and they were like, describe right, and the like, person you the saw. Mona Lisa. <laughs> right, and then they were like, alright. So the eyes were like this. Yeah, but she had like, she didn't look at me straight on. She had like this kind of like sideways. It was like, bitch So they didn't realize it was like stolen. They thought it was gone because it was like taken to be photographed for like museum like advertising or something like they thought it had just been taken down they didn't realize it was actually like taken so louis returned to the mona lisa um he returned to that section a couple hours later only to find that the piece was still missing because they were like oh like it should be back they're just like restoring it or whatever like it'll be fine and he came back and it was still gone he's like yo what the fuck is up with this painting like i came here (laughs) To look at this painting, you guys said you were, like, cleaning it, like, what's going on, whatever. Um, And they were finally like, oh, shit, where is this painting? (laughs) It was so, like, not famous that, like, they didn't even realize it was gone. Like, that's how little of a shit anybody gave about the Mona Lisa (laughs) at that point in time. (laughs) So the Louvre closed down for a, a whole week to open an investigation and try and figure out what happened to this painting. 
The police first thought of an artist named Gary Pierre, who had a history of stealing shit from the Louvre. <laughs> Which I love that he had a history of stealing shit. I was like, did he steal other, like, paintings? Or did he steal shit, like, from the gift shop? And they were like, Gary, and I was like, yeah. Can't or, like, from the office. Here. They're like, where's right. my fucking stapler? And the investigators couldn't find Pierrier uh, in the town, and so they went to his employer, Guillermo Apin... I can't even know, I can't do these names. Guillermo uh, Apollinare, uh, which sounds more Italian. But the French poet and forefather of surrealism was made a suspect uh, because the, the head of the noting was about how... Um, they ended up talking to Picasso, even. So Picasso became, like, a person of interest at the He's time. He's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. They were like, <laughs> but you were painting in the corner? He's like, it wasn't, it wasn't me. me. <laughs> and he's like, have you seen my wife? First of all, her nose is upside down and her boobs hang down to here because that's how I draw things because of Picasso. If you're familiar with how his work was. Yes. I don't um, want that stupid symmetrical painting, bitch. So the reason that people thought that it might be him is because he had said statements in the past that, like, the Louvre should be burnt down. Because um, he was, like, anti-establishment, blah, blah, Because he's fucking Pablo Picasso. He yeah, was arrested like, and imprisoned. Um, and the Spanish painter was under suspicion, as in the past, he was unfortunate enough to purchase some Iberian stone heads from Pierrier. And completely unaware that Pierrier had stolen the items from the museum. So, like, Picasso was picked up, too, because they were, like, uh, sorry, they thought Picasso had done it because he was associating with this other artist as well, um, the guy who had been caught stealing a bunch of shit. <laughs> Picasso was, like, friends with him, so he was like, well, you hang out with this dude, he steals stuff from the Louvre, you're an artist, you buy stolen shit, like, you gotta have something These to do These things with it. go together. So, eventually, Picasso and Apollinaire were both cleared of all charges, because they didn't have anything to do with it. The real thief wasn't found for two years. Years? I thought you were going to say, like, months or something. Years, girl. Years. Years. His name was Vincenzo Perugia, and he worked at the Louvre, because you know it was an inside job. Oh, sure. (laughs) Right? Because who else would, no one would notice taking a fucking painting off the wall. And he's also like, no one gives a shit about this painting. I know. I work here. Right? And he's like, I'm Italian. Da Vinci was Italian. None of you frogs should be looking at this painting. I don't give a shit about you. He's like, this this one's for Italy. I'll give a shit about you. That's what he said, Sarah. That's what he said to all of them. That was a direct quote, okay? (laughs) I don't give a shit about you. Italian-born Perugia carried it out when uh, it's been described as the greatest art theft of the 20th century. It was almost like a thriller episode, as he had stolen Da Vinci's masterpiece during regular work hours at the museum, hiding in a broom closet until after hours, and walking out with it hidden under his coat. He straight up Nicholas caged the, the Declaration of Independence the Mona Lisa. From the Louvre, he sure did. Um, but I wasn't kidding about the patriotism part. As an Italian patriot, Vincenzo believed that the painting should have returned to display in an really? Italian museum. That's yes. why he took it? Well, yes. joke's on him. 
Um, but it also reminds me of Indiana Jones talking about shit belonging in a museum, where he's like, it belongs in a museum! <laughs> um, <laughs> so, according to the investigations, Perugia was possibly motivated to steal the painting because of a friend who owned copies of the original. Um, supposedly the copies would dramatically raise their price if the painting had gone missing. Um, hmm. That was another theory. In 1932, a newspaper story published in the Saturday Evening Post claimed that the mastermind of the Mona Lisa theft had been the Argentine Eduardo de Valfierno, who allegedly had paid several men, including Perugia, to steal the treasured painting. According to the story, Valfierno had commissioned the French art restorer and forger Yves Chardron to make the six copies of the Mona Lisa, which were to be shipped and sold in the United States. Nevertheless, the original Mona Lisa had remained in Europe, safely stored in Perugia's apartment. He was caught after attempting to sell the painting in the, uh, to the directors of the Uffizi Gallery in Florence. So he did try and sell it to an Italian museum, and they fucking snitched. And they were like, um, The painting was, in fact, exhibited at the Italian Gallery for a little more than two weeks, after which it was returned to the Louvre on January 4th, 1914. Perugia was charged six months in prison for the theft, but was saluted for his patriotism to his native country. <laughs> oh, that's a little bit of a mixed message to yeah. him. But thanks thanks to him, the Mona Lisa became really famous as well. Before that, the Renaissance piece remained little known outside of major art circles. Most scandals occurred around the painting in the decades following. In 1956, part of the Mona Lisa was damaged after a vandal threw acid on it. A speck of pigment near uh, Mona Lisa's left eyebrow was also damaged on the 30th of December that same year after a rock was thrown at it, but the damage was quickly restored. Wow. In 1974, when the painting was displayed at a guest exhibition at the Tokyo National Museum, a woman upset by the museum's policy for disabled people sprayed it with red paint. In 2009, a Russian woman, displeased as she was not issued a French citizenship, through a teacup purchased at the Louvre. <laughs> Luckily for these two latter incidents, the famous painting remained undamaged, being protected by bulletproof glass. <laughs> she had to make sure that she bought what she was going to throw. She's like, you know what? I'm pissed. I need something. I just, there's the gift shop. I'll get right. this. I'll throw this. I'll throw this piece of shit at there. That's what I think of you and your fucking art and museum. Yeah, art. Ugh. Wow. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, so people really didn't, they had never, nobody really knew what the Mona Lisa was. It wasn't really a famous painting until it went missing. And then it was like, Da Vinci painting, missing. Wow. It is interesting how a lot of works of art and or artists don't get any notoriety until they are gone. Yeah, Whether and that's a big thing with, like, Van like Gogh. Like, Van Gogh is huge. Yep. Like, people all know who Van Gogh is, but, like, he was, like, homeless and... He saw none know, of that in his lifetime. He was crazy from the syphilis. And, <laughs> yes. um... The whole cutting off his ear thing, like, some people believe he did that, like, because he was losing his mind. Because his mind was rotting. You know. Syphilis. The syphilis. <laughs> right. You know... The Sith. No, the syphilis. So, um, that's my story about the Mona Lisa. Crazy. Thank you for a little history lesson. Yeah. 
was like, we get a lot of he said, she said, they saw, he saw on this. We don't get a lot of, like, history history. Well, we did in the beginning, I guess. That it was bullshit. I mean, technically ghost stories are all history, right? Yeah. Folklore is somewhat based. Because they're all people from the past who are dead now. Who are dead now. And might still be around, but dead now. Dead now. Uh, um, all right, so we have another promo for y'all this week. And yeah, we do. It's about food. Yeah, I was like, it's another coming at you first because it's about food. Um, and its host is also named Stephanie, so. <laughs> when I was younger, I didn't know any other cool people named Stephanie. And now that I'm an adult, I've met a few of them and she likes food and her name's Stephanie. So I know she's awesome. So let's pretty sure. Yeah, right? Pretty sure there's already a win-win. Um, so yeah, check it out. Stephanie over at All Rice, No Beans. Warning, do not listen while hungry. Hi, my name is Stephanie Barajas, host of All Rice, No Beans, a podcast all about restaurants and the people behind some of your favorite spots to eat, where we talk about how they started, all the ups and downs, and my favorite part, the food and drinks. Ooh, and let's not forget about the desserts. So subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow me on all social media because I have the pictures of all the food. And if you want to be on my podcast and you're a restaurant owner or in the business, email me at allricenobeanspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, you were warned. Don't listen while hungry. All right, break's over. Back to work. I got you. Awesome. Check out that podcast, though. Am I right? Yes. All rice, no beans. And like she said, don't listen while you're hungry. Because it'll only make you more hungry, is my assumption. That's what I, I mean, yeah. If you're just talking about food the whole time. It's like a lot of people say they can't watch a food documentary while they're hungry or unless they're eating. I can. But yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Um, So this week, I don't have a ghost story either, but I have got a, I wanted to call it a Florida man story, but the kid is 17, so does that count? He wasn't tried, like, he was tried as an adult. I mean, he's grown up to be a regular Florida man, it sounds like. Right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it, like, a, um, an almost grown-ass Florida man, or Florida almost grown-ass man. Florida young adult. Young adult man. Florida, Florida whatever. Young Florida this, man. This happens. That's in how he would be lit. That's how he would be credited in a movie. There'd be, there'd be Florida man. And then his younger self was played by, it was younger Florida man. Young played Florida by man. So-and-so. Young I thought Florida you were going to say that's how they would describe him in the press. And I was going to be like, well, he's white. So they'd probably make him sound better. <laughs> but <laughs> they find a picture of him at school of him at school and be like middle school honor roll student all right let me <laughs> <what I> <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, it was 17 all right see. so this is a story about a man kid almost grown-ass man he's a grown-ass man now tyler hadley On the week of July 16th, 2011, a then 17-year-old Tyler Hadley had been boasting to his friends that he was going to throw a party that weekend. Hadley's friends thought that he was full of shit, though, because they knew that his parents wouldn't allow it and he was already grounded. But when he was questioned on Facebook about- He was like, jokes on y'all, my parents gonna be dead. (laughs) When he was questioned on Facebook about how he would have a party and what if his parents found out, Tyler confidently responded- 
they won't trust me. So, a little bit of backstory. Once a loving boy who had a close relationship with his parents as a child, that all seemed to change when Tyler started high school. Um, He apparently had shown signs of depression as well as an eating disorder and poor self-esteem when he was younger. And so his mother, Mary Jo, did what she could and, like, put him into therapy and, like, with a doctor because she herself suffered from depression and she felt bad and, like, she was afraid that she was passing all of that on to her son. And so she was like, let's get him help. Um, she even at one point had him sectioned in a clinic for a period of time because she feared that he would hurt himself and he had shown suicidal tendencies. Sectioned is British for committed. Which is weird because that's like what the, um, it was an American, one of the websites I looked at was American, but that's how they described it. But also this is in Florida, so whatever. Anyways, she had him, yeah, placed in a clinic. Um, however, as he grew older, he continued to have issues with mental illness and then began having substance abuse problems. Um, classmates recall him having a bizarre personality in high school and that he was one of those kids who would just blurt stuff out in class. And at one point he just started mooing like a cow in the middle of class. No, Tyler. No, Tyler. But Stephanie, we all knew at least one or two people like that in high school. There was always that kid who did that shit. And you're just like, I don't know what's wrong with them. They're just fucking weird. Weird. And sometimes they would be normal and then they would do something random to attract attention. I don't know. But there was always a few kids like that. And every time I go over these stories, these cases, etc., and I hear... About, like, when they were in high school, they didn't have a lot of friends. Everyone and knew they were fucking weird. They were fucking weird. And I'm like, how many people I went to high school with now potentially are up to crazy bullshit? How many of, like, those weirdos turned into this? And then how many turned into normal, functional human beings? Because you hear those stories, too, where you're like, I was that crazy horse right? girl how in high school know? and now how I'm normal. You, know? you don't. It's just a crapshoot. You can't ever know. This kid was a shithead through and through, though, so. Oh, he sounds like it. And he would moo like a cow. Um, anyways, the spring of 2011, that same year um, that he was having his party, he really started to spiral downward, and there were multiple messages that were found between him and classmates sort of showing his, his downward mental spiral, talking about how, you know, he might just kill himself and never mind fuck his parents, kill his parents and never mind. He's just hearing things from the devil, but it's fine. Like spiraling downward Uh, in April, he got in a fight with a friend and he was arrested for aggravated battery. Um, And he later told a close friend that he continued to drink to excess because it fills the emptiness that's inside of him. However, two weeks before the week of July 16th, um, after he had been on house arrest for a little over two weeks with his parents, his mother had talked to a friend and said that she finally felt like he was coming out onto the other side of things and like he was finally over this hump and they were making a breakthrough. On the day of July 16th... That's what you thought, Mom. I'm so sorry. Yeah. On the day of July 16th, however, uh, Tyler Hadley posts on Facebook that he is having a party at his house that night. 
Shortly before 5 p.m. on the same day, Tyler took three ecstasy pills. He hid both of his parents' cell phones, and then he stood behind his mother while she worked on the computer. He stood there in contemplation for around five minutes before finally lifting his arm and plunging the hammer in his hand in his mother's skull, and he beat her to death. Apparently, her last words to her son were, why? Upon hearing his wife's screams, Tyler's father came into the room where he caught eyes with his son for a long moment, according to Tyler, before Tyler then beat his father to death with the same hammer. Tyler then took three hours to clean up the blood and the mess, and he hid his parents' bodies in the master bedroom. He then went to an ATM, picked up some friends, posted on Facebook that the party was on, hit me up, and by 11 p.m. the party was in full swing with over 60 people showing up. They were all instructed to have a great time, keep the noise down, and the only rule was to just stay out of his parents' bedroom because his parents were out of town and he couldn't risk getting caught. In a really sad and gross twist, uh, later on, partygoers would remember that they had chosen music for the party from YouTube on the computer, which they remembered finding um, covered in a suspicious tacky brown liquid stain that they just assumed was beer or Coca-Cola. But it was the remnants blood. of his mom's blood mixed with coffee grounds that he had used to try to clean up the mess. Uh, around 1 a.m., Tyler took his best friend outside, Michael, to talk, and he confessed to his best friend, I killed my parents. He then took his friend inside to the master bedroom. Um, and, of course, now I like need to access a web page, and that's when everything is going to freeze, and I'm not going to be able to pull up the quotes that I wanted to pull up. <sighs> Tyler took his best friend, Michael, into the bedroom, which Michael said he saw, he opened the door and he saw bloody sheets piled everywhere. He saw broken pictures with blood in them and that he saw... Uh, and that he saw Tyler's father's leg sticking out from under the blanket on the bed. And that was when Michael was like, nope. And Tyler tried to talk him into hanging around to like everyone left if he wanted to see the bodies. Um, but his friend Michael just sort of went back downstairs to the party, stayed there for about an hour, snapped a selfie picture with himself and Tyler, which you can find if you Google or if you just look up this case, you'll see the picture. Um, and then he went home and I'm not totally sure what the timeline was in between him leaving Michael telling or Tyler telling him at one o'clock him leaving and then the police being called and finally showing up at 440. But some point in between when Michael left, um, he called the cops and the cops arrive at Tyler's house at 440 in the morning. But by that point, all the party goers had left. 
turns out that somehow the news of his dead parents had circled around the party and everyone fucking left. So oh and I wrote down, I was like, turns out somehow the news of dead mom and dad got around and that subsequently killed the party as well. So he killed his parents and then the news of his parents and, killed the party. And then his dead parents killed the party. Um, yeah. So at 440 in the morning, the police show up. Uh, thanks to the tip-off call from his best friend, Michael. They get there, they find his parents in the room, and they arrest him. Tyler pled not guilty. However, he was found incredibly guilty, and he was sentenced to life imprisonment without parole in 2014. In 2016, his sentencing was overturned by an appeal judge, and in 2018, he was resentenced to life in prison, but this time with the possibility of parole. As of today, 2020, he is still in jail, and he is still a complete sack of shit. Has he ever, like, given a reason, or like... He wanted to have a party, and his parents wouldn't let him. That's it. He tried, so he's tried to plead in insanity, um, and he's tried to say, like, the devil talked to me and the devil told me that I needed to do this. However, the one factor that proves that this was premeditated is the fact that he took away their cell phones so that they could not call for help. So yeah. he knew that if something went wrong, that they wouldn't be able to have immediate access to call for help. Yeah. Um, with his chain of actions, he had also like talked to his friends and there are Facebook messages that the police found that said like, I want to kill my parents and I'm going to kill my parents. And at one point when he was hanging out with another friend, he apparently said like, I'm going to kill my parents and then I'm going to throw a party with them still in the house because no one's ever done that before. And of course, all of his friends were just like, you're a, you know, you're full of shit. You're so full of shit. You're so full of shit. So like, Tyler, you crazy, man. You crazy, man. You're so crazy. Sure. Yeah, man, if you do that, you invite me to that party, bro. Yeah, sure. Okay, bud. (laughs) Crazy, man. And then he did it. So he's tried to plead insanity, but apparently while he is in prison, he will go up to any new inmate and be like, hey, my name's Tyler. You might know me. I'm like the hammer kid. And he's like, he's autographed a picture of himself before being like, yes, me, hammer time. And like, we'll hum like hammer time while he's, yes, while he's autographing. So he, he might be insane, but he's also just a complete sack of shit. Holy shit. Oh my God. And he's still in prison, and he was 17 in 2011, which means he is, what? He's younger. He's like 25, 26. Yeah. Yeah. And still in jail. Yeah, fuck that dude. I feel so bad for his parents. They're like, we did our best. We did everything I could. And can you imagine his dad just walking into the room, and like in that moment that you lock eyes with your son... I can only assume that his dad, in those moments when they were looking at each other, that was him just resigning himself to the fact that his son's going to kill him. Because I can't imagine that he couldn't overpower his kid. But I don't know. And then the fact that he stood behind his mom for five minutes and then killed her, like just standing there holding a hammer, that's the stuff that nightmares are made of. I also wonder if it... (laughs) It's because it's his retelling that it was five minutes. I also wonder if it was actually five minutes or if, like, he said it was, like, five minutes. Oh, sure, but he was on ecstasy, so. 
Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. Who knows? We were there for like 30 seconds. I was like, dude, I was there for like five minutes. I was there for like half an hour. Um, the first time that I got mugged, because I got mugged twice, but the first time I got mugged and when I was like talking about it with the, like the police, um, and they were like, how long did this whole thing like take place between like the time that this person came in, like this happened, the struggle, like them taking your stuff. And I was like, oh, like maybe 90 seconds. And she was like, wow, that's really accurate. Like, that's really good. Usually people, like, we task them this, and they're like, oh, this went on for, like, ten minutes. And we're like, mm, no. like, let's see how long ten minutes really feels. Like, did it really take ten minutes? Yeah. And that's how I feel about his five minutes, where he was like, oh, I stood there for, like, five minutes. And they were like, no, mm, did he, though? I mean, he murdered the shit out of him. I'm not saying he did Oh, no, that. definitely. Like, he took it. And that's the other reason why they're like, you're not really crazy because this was definitely done in a fit of rage. And then you spent three hours cleaning it up. And then you had a party like you said you were gonna. You had a whole party like you said you, you were gonna. And then um, there's another quote on another article I read where his friend was like, as soon as he told me, like I killed my parents, I started to really look around the house and it was more apparent when you were looking for it to see like, Oh, that's broken. Oh, there's There's blood blood over there. As opposed to just being like, Oh, that's a stain. That's like a weird Brown stain. Like that must be beer or Coke that someone spilled an hour ago. He's like, Oh no. Dab blood. It's like, oh no, that's blood. That was blood. I definitely that's sat blood. in blood. Yeah. So, yep, that's um, that's the story of Tyler Hadley and how he's a sack of shit and he bludgeoned his parents to death with a hammer and put them in their bedroom and then had a party below their dead bodies. What a fucking guy. Yeah. Okay. That so, happened. There you go. That happened. That happened that, nine years that ago. Happened. Wow. That's so I'm like, I'm just in shock. But that also plays into what I talked about last week where I talked about evil kids and how, like, that freaks me out because as a parent, like, what do you do? And that's, like, you said, like, he resigned himself to die in that moment where he's like, what am I going to do? I can't kill my son. Like, I can't Yeah, well, boy. it also makes you think back to the Porco case. And you're like, obviously they were asleep. But, like, yeah, you did everything you could by your kid. Like, we still love him. Like, there's no turmoil. We still love him. And then your kid shows up with an axe and murders you in that your mom. sleep. mom! She's still alive and defends him. I know. I know. That's exactly, like, yeah, exactly. Oh God! That was the twist there. I was like, that she's she alive! survived? I know. Those stories are in every time I hear a story or whatever where they're like, blah, 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 blah. And then they were alive, and you're like, what? Every time, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's crazy. Yes. So, yeah, here's another, yeah, where you just raise an evil kid, and, like, you, they did everything they could, and that kid was just bad. So, yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, no, nuts, man. Yep. That shit cray, ain't it, Jay? That shit is cray. Well, happy two years with Dead Time Stories, Sarah. Happy two years of two scare of two scary stories a week. Just about episodes and some change. I think that's what hit me the most is I'm like we've been doing this, putting out content to a degree every single week for two years. I don't know if I have built that much of a habit for anything. 
Right? We're killing it. We're doing a darn good job. I know. So you guys should buy our merch. Be Patreon supporters. Give us some uh, of that yeah, money. So if you want to support our podcast, of course, the best way you can do that is by buying our merch at deadtimestoriesz.com. We're about we to have some new stuff added. Patreon. We do. We're about to have some new stuff added we to are. our store. So, yeah, check out the store at deadtimestories.com. Email us at deadtimestories at gmail.com. If you also want to support the show, you can go to our Patreon and subscribe for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month gets you access to the Patreon-exclusive Facebook group, which has all sorts of cool people in it, like me and Mary Angela and Sarah and Christina and my sister and a whole bunch of other people and Colleen and Zach. And we post memes and we have a good time. And that is only a dollar a month, and it helps the show a lot. But we also know that it's corona times, and not everybody is making that more months. And the other way that really, really helps our show that is totally free is for you to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And that gives us a really, really, like, great help with the algorithms helping people find this show. And that really is the best way that you can support us without doing it financially, which is totally understandable. But you have time, right, to give us a five-star review on iTunes and talk about how yeah. much you love us? Yeah, it don't take much time at all. So we would fully appreciate that. Um, and that's the main way. Of course, we love your emails. Sarah loves your emails. She loves talking to you all and having a good time and reading your emails on the air. I do, because lately the only emails that have been coming through are the notifications from Seeking Arrangement, because someone logged into that profile (laughs) again and made it look like it was active, and so all those old horny men are like... To the old Seeking Arrangement that we made for Sarah so that I could make a TikTok video um, about So now I'm blowing up again. Uh, and then, yeah, because it was online, I was like, ooh, she's been on recently. And so, yes, the only emails that our Dead Time Stories email is getting are for seeing arrangement from men that are like, hey, you're cute. And I'm like, I'm not lonely no more. But, like, I could use your money. Right? But I'm like, but you can get that money. It's quarantine. You don't even have to go out with them. <gasps> no, but now they're doing the video. It's going to turn into OnlyFans. See, and that's when you pretend to have a bad connection. Oh, is it? Oh, where I pretend to have <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going through a tunnel. I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't... Uh, it's weird. It says broadcast it's interrupted. so weird. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go live my life, I guess. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Love you, too. Happy uh, two years. So glad we're doing yes. this. So we saw a comment. Shane was asking, um, like, you use the business account? Yes, we use the Dead yes. Time Stories email for the Seeking Arrangement so that we could both read the messages. because yeah, for a while, Stephanie was going to be my a Dead pimp. Time Stories slide project. Didn't go anywhere. And Sarah backed out. I got nervous. <laughs> it was weird. People were Sarah weird. couldn't. Sarah was creeped out by the time. I was creeped so. out. I was... Somebody was like, meet me and my friends in public. And Sarah was like, bye. Okay, well, first off, he was like, let's just meet for dinner. And then he was no, like, I'm going to meet and then we'll meet my friends after. And then I, he was like, well, I got to meet my friends earlier, but I'll still meet you one-on-one first. And then he was like, JK, just come meet my friends with me. And I was like, uh, 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 no, not doing it. 
And he kept being like, you're an actor. And I'm like, mm, 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 mm. No, 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 Act like my girlfriend and I'll pay you a thousand dollars. He didn't even say he was going to pay me. So, yeah, that was like, no. They don't start out with the money. You got to get them there. It doesn't matter. We're not doing that anymore. But yes, it's assigned to this email, to the Dead Time Stories email address. All of this will be cut from the episode. (laughs) All right, everybody. Happy two years. Happy two years. Happy 106 episodes. 106, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, okay, cool. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. And for watching. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 